What's good? Welcome to the Culture Corner Podcast, where we cover all corners of Italian football. My name is Raffaele. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen along on SoundCloud. I thank those of you taking the time to listen to this, the seventh episode of the Culture Corner Podcast. You can follow the Culture Corner on Twitter. It is at the Culture Corner. Feel free to send questions and comments, and we will address them on upcoming episodes. You can also follow my personal Twitter account. It is at Italiano Calcio. So we will start this seventh episode of the podcast by talking about a sad and, and angering topic, and that is the racial abuse that Mario Balotelli received this Sunday during the Verona-Brescia game. Uh, in the second half, Balotelli was towards uh, the corner flag, fighting for the ball, and must have heard some racial comments directed towards him all the way up in the, the corner of the stands. He took the ball and he booted it uh, into the stands towards those fans, and you can see he mouthed uh, some Italian swear words towards them. Balotelli started to walk off the field. He was going behind the goal and was about to leave. His teammates and some of the Verona players tried to console him and convince him otherwise. Uh, Play did stop a bit, but eventually it resumed. Verona ended up winning that game 2-1, but the result was not the main story. From this game, um, it was, of course, the racial abuse that Mario Balotelli received in this ongoing issue, um, not just in Italy, but throughout uh, numerous parts of Europe. Um, Balotelli did score a beauty of a goal to give Brescia their one goal, which was a nice way of him responding to those racial chants that he did receive. Um, I have no problem with Balotelli kicking the ball into the stands at those fans. I'm sure there's some people that might have a problem with him doing that, and I, and I get it. Uh, athletes are supposed to be the professional ones, right, because they are considered professionals. They're supposed to keep their composure in the good times and the bad times since they're the ones that stand to lose more than those random fans that are in the stands. Um, Balotelli's the public figure. He's the one who has sponsors. He's the one making big money compared to the average fan. So, again, as a professional athlete, he has more to lose when he responds and re- uh, retaliates when he um, receives any type of criticism, racial or anything. Uh, we see this a lot uh, on social media, on Twitter, fans uh, tweeting at athletes and celebrities and uh, saying derogatory things and mean things towards them. And most of the time, the athlete, the celebrity can't respond because, again, they have more to lose. But uh, being racially abused the way that Balotelli was in this game and has been in the past, it has to build up in you and you reach your breaking point. It's something that I can't um, relate to at all. I can only uh, feel empathy towards Balotelli and those that have to deal with this. I don't expect, or at least I hope, that Balotelli doesn't get any type of suspension or penalty for kicking the ball into the stand something that normally you would receive a penalty for but um you can't blame him for doing this again he's the athlete i get it he has three main professional to keep his composure but uh at the end of the day he's a human being more so than a professional first he's a human being he has feelings he has emotions uh and doesn't deserve to be treated this way uh it was great to see all the support for mario balotelli on twitter from just the casual fans like myself and others but also teams, Fiorentina, Marseille, uh, Roma, and others sent out messages showing their support for Mario Balotelli. Um, in a perfect world, this would be the final time we ever have to talk about this issue, a player being racially abused on the field or even off the field. However, sadly, I, um, I have a feeling that it won't be, um, which is very sad. Um, some other aftermath from this game, Brescia did fire their coach Corini. Um, afterwards, making him the latest City Out coach to lose his job this season. Again, we're only about a quarter of the way through, and several coaches have already been fired. News just broke today. I'm recording this podcast Tuesday morning. News just broke today that uh, Fabio Grosso was freed from his contract with Verona, and he is expected to be the favorite to 
replaced Corini at Brescia. Uh, Mario Balotelli took to Instagram to send a, a nice message to Corini, uh, thanking him, saying what a great coach he is or was, and above all, an even better man. Um, so yeah, a lot, lot of aftermath from that Brescia Verona game. Um, all right, so let's move on to some of the action around Serie A on the field, more so. Arguably the biggest game this past weekend in Serie A was Atalanta Cagliari. Uh, who would have thought that we'd see the day that Atalanta Cagliari would be such a big game, uh, and not in terms of like a relegation battle. We're talking in terms of potentially qualifying for the Champions League, albeit it's very early. This was a battle of two teams pushing in the t- into the top five. Uh, Cagliari were able to go to Bergamo and get a big 2-0 win. Ilicic got a first uh, half red card, which certainly made things difficult for Atalanta going forward into the second half. Um, and Cagliari got a more than deserving win again at Bergamo. This win puts Cagliari tied with Atalanta on points with 21, and they're right in the thick of the battle for a Champions League spot. Again, we're only about a quarter of the way in, but they are right there and off to a flying start. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more uh, later on in the podcast about that in the Champions League in Cagliari. But right now, Cagliari have two impressive road wins this season. They won at the San Paolo against Napoli, if you recall, and now they have this win against Atalanta in Bergamo. They also did beat Parma at Parma, uh, which is an impressive win as well. Um, not certainly at the same level of winning in Naples or Bergamo, but Cagliari are a team to be taken serious. Uh, Rolando Maran has done a great job with that team. Um, they're getting goals from Jao Pedro, Giovanni Simeone, Nangulan has brought a, a sort of edge in, in leadership to that team. Again, this is a team that lost Pavoletti at the beginning of the season, uh, and it left people wondering what would happen. They brought in Giovanni Simeone from Fiorentina. And the team hasn't missed the beat. They lost their first two games of the season, but since then they've been unbeaten. And again, they have some impressive wins. And the latest was winning at Bergamo against a good Atalanta team, 2-0. Inter got a 2-1 win against Bologna in Bologna. That makes it six consecutive wins on the road for the Nerazzurri. Their club record is 11. So perhaps they could run, uh, make a run at that record. Inter remain right up there with Juve, uh, who beat Torino in their derby matchup. So Juventus remain in first place in Serie A with 29 points. Inter right there in second with 28, and it's shaping up to be a very good uh, battle for the Scudetto here in the early going of the season. Roma got a big uh, win over Napoli. Um, They're having a very good season. Um, uh, Very good season so far, but they really didn't have that big, big win yet this year. So I know there's a lot of people that still had their question marks about Roma, just how good were they and wanted to see how they would fare against one of the better teams in Italy. They did have a 1-1 draw against Lazio early in the season, but could they get that big win against one of the better teams in Italy? And they certainly finally passed that test, getting the win against Napoli, who have been having their uh, struggles a bit. Uh, Nicola Zaniolo had a goal in this game, and he's really uh, having a very good season, following up what was essentially his rookie season, if you will, in Serie A. People wanted to see what kind of step forward he can make in year two, and he has been doing a great job. And he certainly looks like the real deal. Of course, Andrea Perlo recently came out and said he and Sandro Tonali are the future of Italy. And it certainly looks that way to be true. You got to think about Roma's decision at the summer to keep Edin Dzeko. Um, despite all those rumors that they'd sell him, particularly to Inter, it was reported that they wanted to sell him for 20 then maybe $25 million. Inter weren't willing to meet that price. Ultimately, they made the decision to keep him. Um, and that decision probably sent a positive message to those Roma players in that locker room signaling that this team isn't a seller um, and that they want to remain competitive this season. A lot of people, myself included, I'm guilty of it. I expected them to make a little bit of a step back this season, but uh, they have not. They've been doing outstanding. You consider the injuries that Roma have had. 
uh, and yet they are still in third place in this league. You have to give them a lot of credit. You have to give also Paolo Fonseca, their first-year coach, a lot of credit. He, along with Cagliari's Rolando Maran, which we mentioned earlier, even Atalanta's Gasparini, they got to be the favorites for coach of the year in the early going. Um, I know a lot of people may look at Maran as the favorite, perhaps because, you know, who expected the season right now from Cagliari? Long way to go, but I go Paolo Fonseca, uh, getting it done at Roma, obviously a lot more pressure to win at Roma compared to Cagliari. Um, also the injuries that he's been dealt there. So uh, kudos to him and what the Giallorossi have been able to do. Another big game uh, from this past weekend in Serie A, Lazio with a 2-1 win over Milan at the San Siro. This was Lazio's first win against Milan at the San Siro in 30 years. So they broke that curse. Big win for Lazio, who are doing a very good job this season again. Simone Inzaghi deserves a lot of credit as well. Uh, they're just a better team than Milan at the end of the day. Um, you can't, uh, Milan can't get into any type of rhythm this season. They remain stuck on just 13 points. Uh, obviously, they've already made the coaching change, getting rid of Marco Giampaolo, bringing in Stefano Pioli, but that hasn't had an immediate impact. Um, Lazio, they continue to fight for a Champions League spot, and they're being carried by Cero Immobile, who um, scored his 100th goal for Lazio in that game, which was his 13th goal overall this season. He's leading... Uh, all goal scorers in Serie A. But back to Milan, to try to pinpoint why they're struggling this season, uh, in my opinion, is impossible. I think it's a multitude of problems. One that I would single out is Piontek is just not scoring. Um, he's struggling up front, and they don't have that consistent goal score. Um, the Polish striker, he just has three goals this season. He hasn't been that same player since he came over back in January to Milan from Genoa, where he was just lighting it up and became this sensation on the internet with his goal-scoring pistol celebration. I hope I'm wrong, but um, when Milan did sign him back in January, I just felt like things could easily go wrong with this, that this is how it could go, that Piontek, who lit it up with general, could go to Milan and just not be that same player, that he was perhaps just a flash in the pan. Again, I hope I'm wrong, but so far, it's kind of looking that way. We saw them uh, you know, a few years ago, Milan signed Nicolo Kalinic from Fiorentina who was doing good at Fiorentina, but then he came to Milan, never caught on. We've seen it with Andre Silva, uh, the Portuguese striker. They just haven't had luck finding that legitimate goal scorer. Um, they spent a lot of money on Piontek. I, I hope I'm wrong. Again, I like Piontek. I hope he could turn this around and get back to that goal scoring rate that he had at Genoa last season. But right now, it's not looking that way. Um, and if you're a Milan fan, uh, things are not going to get any easier given their upcoming opponents. Uh, it could really get ugly for this team that is struggling and they don't have an identity yet. Some of their upcoming games, they've got to play Juventus this weekend. they got games against Napoli, Parma, Bologna, and Atalanta all coming up. So again, things could really get ugly for the Rossoneri. Um, could, it, it, could it be possible if they, again, with that vaunted schedule coming up for them, uh, could they make their second coaching change and get rid of Pioli? Gattuso is still on the books. Could they bring him back? Uh, again, if you consider what Gattuso was able to do with this team last year, really gives a lot of credit to what he was able to do and, and perhaps the co type of coach he could be. Maybe he's the type of guy that is needed in that Milan locker room to fire up these guys. Who knows? But um, I hope Milan can turn it around, but they got a very tough, ugly schedule coming up. We'll move on to our buy it or sell it uh, segment, which will cover some of the storylines and rumors that have been dominating the Italian media in the world of football. First, buy it or sell it, back to Cagliari. Are they legitimate contenders for the Champions League? Um, I sell this one. I'm not trying to be dismissive of Cagliari and discredit what they are doing. Uh, I just think it's a stretch to believe that they will finish in the top four. 
But I guess you could have said that about Atalanta at this point last season, and they were able to accomplish that. But Atalanta, uh, in my opinion, had a more talented roster last season than Cagliari do this season. Uh, but Cagliari, again, very impressive. They have not lost a game since September 1st. Again, that was the second round of the season. Um, again, they started with two straight defeats, but since then it's been nothing but wins and draws. Defensively, Cagliari are one of the stingiest in the league, having just allowed 11, um, excuse me, 10 goals this season in 11 goals in 11 games. So they're allowing less than just one goal per game, which is very impressive. But again, to, to see them finish in the top four is a bit of a stretch. Right now, Napoli are on the outside of the top four, and they're having their struggles. But I fully expect that when the season ends, they'll be right there in the top four, and they'll take one of those Champions League spots. Juve and Inter are locked to get a Champions League spot. And then the other team, along with Napoli, that'll battle for third and fourth. Lazio, Roma look legitimate. Atalanta will be there. I just think it's a stretch for Cagliari to finish in the top four. Um, perhaps they could make a run at the Europa League. But again, it, it's very crowded up top in Serie A. There's a lot of good legitimate teams. Uh, it would be really cool and, and fascinating to see Cagliari qualify just for Europe in general. So perhaps they could snag a Europa League spot. Next one, buy or sell it. Uh, despite only playing 11 rounds so far this season, Napoli's Scudetto hopes are already shattered. I buy this one. Uh, coming into the season, it was supposed to be a three-headed race for the Scudetto, Juventus, Inter, Napoli, of course. Now, after 11 rounds, it seems it's just down to Juve and Inter. Napoli um, have only taken two out of a possible nine points over their last three games, so it's just not good enough. Um, at this point, I think Napoli should really put all their eggs into the Champions League. Um they definitely have a talented roster, a roster that could make a deep run in the Champions League, barring, you know, assuming one, first they got to qualify for the knockout round, they're in position to do that. Um, but then again, depending on what teams they draw, why can't they make a run? We've seen teams like Ajax make deep runs um, last year and in the past. Roma made a deep run a few years ago, so why can't Napoli with their roster just put their eggs into the basket? Of course, they want to qualify for the Champions League, they want to finish in the top four, but you could still accomplish that and make a deep run. I hope that Napoli look to do that because I do think their Scudetto hopes, despite only being a quarter mark into the season, unfortunately for them, are over. Next one, buy or sell it. Bayern Munich should hire Jose Mourinho to replace Nico Kovac. Uh, I buy this one. Uh, Jose Mourinho would likely welcome the challenge of trying a new league in the Bundesliga and taking over one of the biggest clubs in the world in Bayern Munich. Um, it'd be a nice club to add to his impressive resume of ones he's coached. Obviously, Bayern are loaded with talent, but they're just going through some sort of struggle and, and they're in a bit of a funk. Um, they have a lot of talent, and I think Jose Mourinho could be the guy to like, you know, kind of wake up this sleeping giant that is Bayern Munich. Um, despite their shaky start to the season, they do have 18 points, so just four points behind league leaders Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, so, yeah, I'd like to see Mourinho get back into coaching, uh, take over this Bayern Munich team, see how he fares in the Bundesliga, a bit of a different game. that will be fun to see. Some news and notes to wrap up this podcast. Uh, Sampdoria, they had a big win over Spal. That was yesterday. Uh, they needed those big three points to help them fight against relegation. They've been really struggling. They're another team, as we've mentioned already, a lot of coaching changes. They've made a change, obviously, a few weeks ago, firing Di Francesco and bringing in Claudio Ranieri. Uh, Spal now moved to the bottom of the table. These two teams figure to be battling uh, out of the relegation spot, uh, relegation zone all season. Um it is a bit surprising, though, that Spal are in the bottom. Here's a team that finished in 13th place last season. They do have some talent. They did lose Manuel Lazzari to Lazio this season, but they have a pretty good team. Uh, again, finished 13th place last year. You kind of thought maybe they could make another leap forward this season. 
like uh, if you think about Sassuolo back in their early years in Serie A, um, kind of year two, three, they made that big progression forward. And, and I, at least I expected Spal to maybe be able to do that, but not looking like that. They're going to be in a dogfight all season to try to avoid relegation. Looking ahead to next weekend's action in Serie A, some of the better matchups, there's a few. We have Juve Milan, which I mentioned earlier. Again, Milan needing a big result to try to turn their season around. Juve looking to maintain their lead in Serie A. Inter Verona is another good game. Uh, Parma Roma and Cagliari Fiorentina. Those are the matches that I would highlight for this upcoming weekend in Serie A. That'll do it for the seventh episode of the Calcio Corner podcast. I hope you've enjoyed. Once again, please subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, and Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Feel free to leave a rating and comment. I would greatly appreciate that, guys. Until next time, ciao.